Welcome to Wei and Kathy Show. I'm your host uh, Wei Fang. So today I will be your host, and we'll be talking about a how to say sixty thousand miles story. Okay, because I started a series um, in my Chinese channel and uh, about how American come to today, and which was quite well um, received. So I'm thinking about I want to tell the same story here. I do want to know that how you think about that. Okay, so before we start, let me just give you the. Uh, direct answers. Who I will I will be,、uh, how to say, depicting or presenting? Okay, it's Curtis Bowers. For those of you who know Curtis Bowers,、um, can you just leave your words there and see? You know, and then I will know that、um, how many of you already know him.、Uh, but I did an interview, two-hour interview of him five years ago, 2017 in September. So I have that story, and I want to tell you again because it's indeed it's a story that everybody simply has to know. And after that, I will be talking about、um, the starting of the, you know, the the how to say gradual. It's called gradual communism. How that got started, one hundred forty years ago, up to today, and how America, America become the America that we know today. Okay, so with no、um, further ado, we'll just get started. Okay, and.、Um, <clears throat> All right. So、uh, five years ago, I interviewed、uh, Curtis Bowers, and、um, he told me this story. Okay, he talked about this in his、uh, documentary, "The、uh, Grinding American Down." But some of them, some of that, he did not talk about that, only、um, during the interview. So it has to do with、uh, you know, basically thirty years ago, in the year of nineteen ninety two, Curtis Bowers was a, was a graduate student in University of Colorado Boulder. Okay, so one day. There's a, a professor, old professor, who specialized in studying communism, and、uh, made made a phone call to him, and saying that you know what,、um, the American Communist Party just have a splitter, okay? So they gonna hold a conference in UC Berkeley. I want to know, how, you know, what they're gonna do, do but、uh, they already recognize me, so it's not very convenient for me to go. Can you go instead? So Curtis Bowers, he's he's young. He's, he was curious. He said, "Of course, I can go. It's kind of fun." So he agreed to fly to UC Berkeley and check it out on behalf of uh, this uh, old professor. So, and uh, this uh, this new splitter of the Communist Party、um, is called the、uh, American Reporter Commission. Okay, to many American, this is a very patriotic word because. The founding fathers, when they first organized their independent movement, and they called themselves American Reporter Commi- Commission Committee. Okay, so wow, it's very curious, you know, for them to assume that that name. So Curtis Bowers thought that it would be just a few radical young students. He did not expect on that day, um, fourteen hundred people show up. Most of them. They are fifty year and a sixty year and seventy year old. They look like mainstream, you know, people. Look like intellectuals, and they dress in suit and have this,、uh, you know, this uh, um, uh, formal bags, and it looks very decent. So Curtis Bowers was sitting there listening to their talk for three days, and the more he listened, the more he be, he, he he just he feel unbelievable. So what what type of Americans are these people? <clears throat> They <clears throat> they hate Americans so much. Okay, what are they talking about? It's all evil topic, and then, you know, in their mind, it it filled in the it's all 
their mind are filled with hatred. They just want to, want to destroy America. So uh, the rough agenda is this, okay? They said, uh, okay, Soviet Union fell apart. Our military route failed. Now we need to adopt the plan B, okay? Which is disintegrate America from within and subvert this country. And uh, if we can destroy America, we can take over the whole world. So how do they do it? Okay, they, they have you know, detailed study. They identify there are three pillars to America. First is Ameri American family, because it brings happiness and it brings stability. The second is American free enterprise, because it brings wealth and it brings prosperity. The third is the morality of America, because it gives a standard of living and the value to Americans. All right. So if as long as America has all this, people in, the, in this country will not choose any other route. Communism would have no way to take over America. So targeting all those three pillars, they come up with a specific plan. First, for the American, you know, to target American family. Okay, at that time, the feminism is, uh, has been very successful. They said, uh, okay, the leader, Betty uh, Friedan, okay, she was the, she's the founder of the American feminist movement. And as a matter of fact, she's a communist propaganda um, um, member. And he's also a loyalist of uh, um, Stalin, a former Soviet Union, if you still remember him. And then the way to destroy family is to is to encourage women to leave family, okay? Encourage um, in living together without marriage. Incre you know, encourage abortion and uh, in in encourage divorce and encur encourage kids to leave the family homeschooling, leave family education, okay? Go into the hands of the government. And what is that today? It's, it's called a public school. Public school is just equals to government. So in this way, they can destroy the basic unit of American society, which is family. Okay. The second target free enterprise, um, small and uh, small and medium enterprise um, take the most um, take the most part of America. Okay. And then if in the name of uh, protecting environment, we can we can set up we can e erect many strict regulations. And so that to bind them up, so that they, they are too much you know, under too much burden and they cannot operate smoothly. And finally, they, they go bankrupt. In this way, we can bring down the economy. Because big, big enterprise came from small enterprise growing big. Without small enterprise, small businesses, the big company will, you know, will, will just always there and will become inefficient, will become you know, um, um, stale. And the third is targeting the morality, because faith is the biggest um, reason for America to be powerful, to be strong. And we need to let Americans to lose their belief and, uh, and uh, stray away from God. They need to do two things. First, send people to infiltrate the churches. The second, through propaganda, have American, Americans accept the homosexual movement which was led by the Communist Party, okay? As long as homo homosexual become a trend, then the root of the morality will be, will be 
well, the morality will be uprooted, okay? Um, and that will destroy the Christian Christianity, okay? Because, okay, just uh, homosexual, homosexuality is what God, you know, disallow. If they can make that a popular thing and uh, commonly accepted, then how can people still believe in God? And furthermore, there's other things, okay, use high tax to uh, bring down the finance of uh, mid, uh, mid-class and also infiltrate the media, infiltrate the public school, and brainwash the kids, and destroy the next generation, and so on and so forth. So Curtis Bowers was 25-year-old. He was sitting there just in disbelief. He said, what, what is this? How can this be viable? Okay, at that time, the environmental movement is only it's, you know, it's the beginning. It was like a, a fringe group, so they, they have no strength. So he was thinking about what they're talking about is, is both ridiculous and also unrealistic. I, I, don't, I don't need to worry about that during my lifetime. So he went back to Colorado and reported to his professor and he let go of this matter. So 15 years later, in the year of 2008, and Bowers was a state legislator. He was appointed by the governor of the Idaho, state of Idaho. And one day, he got a phone call from a local businessman. And this businessman just asked back him, so do not let an environmental um, act pass, uh, the, a local one. Because he said that would not protect the environment, but it will, bank- it will bank- bankrupt his business. There's no way to survive that. At that moment, okay, Curtis Bowers suddenly recalled that, uh, that conference by the Communist Party in 1992. They used uh, environmental protection, uh, pu- you know, public policy like that, to destroy American free you know, small businesses. He was thinking about, really? Did they carry through? Could uh, you know, what they had planned really happen? So he went back to check his record. So he found that the goal that they set up back then each of them are being, you know, are just happening one by one. And also, at that, at that moment, 50% of uh, marriage in this country ended up in divorce. 40% of kids, they were born not by a you know, married couple. And uh, every single day, 3,000 females had abortion. And uh, every year, there's, um, you know, 19 million, one, one, 19 million uh, new sexual diseases cases. And also, in his state of Idaho, you know, a very conservative you know, state, 7% of the high school students try to suicide. And those data, as he found out, really, really shocked him. So after that, he started to check the, you know, the name list of those people who attended this uh, communist uh, conference. And uh, he found that many of them already uh, taken the high position in the government. A few names, they work there just nearby. They are by President Obama at that time. And um, so they are deciding on the policy of American government. So, and um, at that time already, in the year 2008, the, the, you know, the, the feminist movement has been going strong, and there's degeneration of the culture, and then pornography was running rampant, and the kids are being taught uh, sexuality and uh, homosexual, homosexuality. And also people are encouraged to drink excessively, and so on and so forth, and the political correctness, which was also talking about in that uh, Berkeley conference, become a norm. Okay, American, America has changed, has deeply changed. This cultural Marxism is getting real. It's contrary to what he thought back then. So he was talking to himself, so what do I do? What do I do now here? Okay, so the only way, the, the way that he thought about it is that I need to produce a documentary, a documentary, which is in the most direct, effective way to tell American people 
that what is this what is this happening there you know what, what are they are planning uh, plotting on so he doesn't know how to produce film so he got uh, got a wife okay he got nine kids okay big family okay so he just mobilized everybody to just buy the equipment and learn how to do it so he quit his job okay he just used up his saving and then started working on this film and in terms of content he found 25 uh, scholars who devote their lives study Marxism and, and study American communism, and then the top scholar in this country. So after in, you know two entire years, he finished this uh, this uh, documentary, 135 minutes. Yeah, so it's called the Grinding uh, Agenda, Agenda One. Now it's called Agenda One, Grinding American Down. <clears throat> so that was launched uh, in 2010, <clears throat> and at that time. It won the award, <coughs> the Independent Production Award of the Christian Film Festival um, in the San Antonio. Okay, he got the award is like $101,000. And that was a great encouragement to, his, to him and his family. Then after the showing, okay, after the showing of the film uh, across the U.S., uh, well, every week there are, it was shown for about more than 1,000 Okay, 1,000 theaters, altogether a few million people watched it. So after that, he feel that he still have to let more Americans see this, watch this movie. Okay, so he started to do his own tour. Okay, um, he took, get on the road and go to city after city. And um, so along the way, for the audience who came to, you know, see his film, they bought a DVD and share with the friends. Some of them by five, some of them by ten and share that with the family and the friends. And usually in one type of uh, <clears throat> uh, viewing, there were about 200 or 300 people. And after that, you know, they turn on the light, he went to the front and uh, give a few, you know, talk for a few, few minutes. At that time, he see many people, they have tears all over their face. Some of them look very solemn, they just stare at the ground. Because to them, this is too unbelievable. Communism is able to infiltrated U.S. to this extent, okay? Some old age people went to the stage saying that uh, we feel that something's happening to America, but we don't know, you know, what caused this change. And uh, so after seeing this movie, we finally come to understand what's happening. We have to step out, we have to stand up, we have to stop their, you know, their, their plot. So just, you know, without marketing, without, uh, just, just through word of mouth and on a grass level, he just drive around and uh, spread the news about this, this movie, okay? So seven years later, in 2015, the second movie came out. It's called Agenda Master, Agenda 2, Master of Deceit. And that also won the Christian Worldview Film Festival, okay, the, the, the best documentary. So after the second film, he feel that I need to, we need to promote all across the country. We're living in the state of Idaho, which is the northwest of America. It was too remote, okay? It's not convenient to go anywhere. So they decided to sell the house, and they bought a second-hand uh, you know, bus. And so they started to travel on the bus. At night, they sleep in the car. In the daytime, they drive the bus and go to the next stop. So they do this tour, this film tour for 10 months. And that very year of uh, 2016, they went to 40 states of America, okay? Almost every night, they go to a new city and, um, and stay there. So they connect the church in the next city or the tea party and then just, you know, just show the film there. And in the summer of uh, that year, <clears throat> the AC, okay, the air conditioner on the bus was broken. 
uh, it was as hot as 110 degree, okay, Fahrenheit. And uh, so in the car, even in, in the car, it's even hotter than that. So, but they simply had no time stop to repair the AC. Okay, so for entire three months, the whole family just bear with the heat and including the youngest boy, five-year-old, and he does not have any complaint. He did not have any complaint. Uh, on the contrary, the whole family you know, have this common recognition that this may be a test that's given by the God. Okay, so as they you know, just rush to, to the next stop, next city on the bus, they also do homeschooling there. Okay, the mother was teaching the kids, and the kids were learning math, learning history, and along the way, you know, the kids, you know, they, they, they don't fall behind with their, you know, academic learning. And then they also learn things they couldn't possibly learn from the, from the book, from the school. And uh, because they learn from the real field as they meet with different people. So anyway, the whole family of uh, Curtis Bowers went to all over America, okay? And they went to all together 43 states, all together 60,000 miles. It's like uh, from California to Florida, they ran that for 12 times. So in the year of 2010, and 2011, and 2012, and 2016, in these four years, they, are all, they were all on the road, okay? So at that time, I asked him, I said, why, why, why don't you contact media? Okay, once you got a media report on you, you don't have to do this kind of, uh, you know, driving, long-term driving. So he said, no media answer our call. So I said, really? Why? Did you contact them? He said, yes, we did. We contacted all of them, but only the staff of Glenbeck. At that time, Glenbeck was with Fox. Call us once, we, we, we explain what we do, and then there's no you know, hearing back from, him, from them. Uh, so I asked him, why? Why do, you, why do you think so? He said, I, I don't know. Maybe what we reveal is too scary to them, beyond belief to them. So that's why they don't interview us. Well, okay, so then um, at that one time, he talked about a story at the, uh, Iowa, okay, after the, the film, um, uh, yeah, after they played the film, and then they turned the light, and then there's an old man stand up, stood up. He said, congratulations for your figuring this out. But I have to tell you, it's too late for you. We already have your children. So this person is a local college professor, community college. So after saying that, he just walked away. So women start to burst into tears. And because um, they feel so bad about it. So Curtis Bowers was there on the stage. He said, you know, you know what? This is very common. There are people like him all over America. They're among us. So at the end of the program, and um, he told me that I asked him, what do you want to say to our Chinese Americans? He said, uh, I know many Chinese Americans came from communist China. You went through, you have the feeling of um, about living under, you know, under the control by the, by the totalitarian regime. Now America needs to educate your kids well, teach your kids well. Build strong family, because strong family is the basis of a strong America. Don't, you know, don't do things like some Americans, they just chase after money, okay? Compared to a good education, compared to a good children, the money is not worth it. The money 
does not match up with the time that you spend with your kids. So he said, uh, for those uh, Chinese Americans who do not speak good English, I'm willing to teach you. I want to have dialogue with you. I want to listen to your story. I also wish that you would tell your neighbors, tell your friends, American neighbor and American friends, saying that you came from communist China, and what kind of experience you lived through. And you, you tell them that uh, although America looks very good, looks very free, but there's this uh, hidden cultural revolution that's going on. And uh, you all know what is a cultural revolution. It's just that uh, they give you a beautiful dream, but the fact of the matter is they're killing people. So you tell them the story of China and also tell those stories to your kids too for them to know the truth. This is most important. Yeah, so that's this story. Uh, I want to stop here a little bit to see how you, what, what do you think. Have you heard of this story? Okay. And um, yeah, so anyway, so let me continue to, to talk about the next, next topic. And um, so, so that's um, how to say in the, I want to talk about the history. I want to go back to 140 years ago. Okay. So why do I say 140 years ago? Okay. Because on this year, 1883, okay, on this day, March 17th, Karl Marx died in London of England. Okay. There are only nine people attending his funeral. Some other records say 13 people. Some others say 20 or 30 people. But, but generally speaking, not too many people attend his funeral. He's not very popular while he lived. While he lived. However, it is after the, the year after he, he, lived, he, he died, a big change happened or the big harm happened to our world. So 10 months after his funeral, <clears throat> so the, uh, Karl Marx's followers established a new organization called the Fabian Society, Fabian Society in London. So why do they call, call it the Fabian Society? Because they want to learn from a Rome, Rome general. His name is Quintus Fabius. Okay, he is a general of um, the, the two centuries BC in the Rome. So he's also a consul, okay, consul of Rome, uh, Rome Republic, and also a very famous general. His uh, most ac accomplishment is that he defeat um, the general Hannibal from the um, 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 Carthage, Carthage from the North America. So, so if, if you know, let's talk about this uh, General Hannibal a little bit. So before three centuries of, uh, <clears throat> how to say, three centuries BC, and then there's two biggest uh, you know, powers, right? Large power in the Western Mediterranean um, Sea. One of them, of course, is Rome Republic. The other, another is the, uh, the, the, the Carthage in the North America, uh, North Africa. Okay, so Carthage, they, they cover their territory, cover the North uh, Africa, like uh, Algeria and uh, Libya and uh, today's Tun Tun Tunisia, right? And also extend to the West, to the, um, you know, Spain. Uh, Spain today at that time is called uh, uh, Iberia. So anyway, but Rome is on the North and they are on the South. So the two uh, countries have three wars. It's called the Punic Wars. And the second Punic Wars, um, Hannibal is the, is the main leading general from the, um, um, the, the Carthage and uh, Carthage. And then he, he was very, very brave. Okay, he lead a, a army, just go, 
go to the north and uh, overcome, go through the Alps, right, and uh, and and invade Rome from the uh, from the north. And it's like it's like he's it's he's a very dangerous trip, right? He's leading a single army and into the territory of Rome, but he's very very talented. He's just most outstanding uh, general, you know, military strategist in the in the history probably. So he got three major battles with Rome, and he won them all. And uh, he just killed 120,000 uh, Rome soldiers, especially on the third one, which is very famous, the, the, the Battle of Cannon, right? And uh, he only had 50,000 army and, uh, and against uh, the 90,000 Rome army. And on the, on the plane, he's able to encircle with a the, with the, you know, smaller army, encircle the entire um, um, big, bigger army. And then kill them all. Literally kill them all. Okay, he killed seventy thousand of uh, Rome armies. He only lost six thousand people. So it's like the most outstanding victory in the military history. So facing this invincible, almost like invincible, you know, um, opponent, Rome doesn't know what to do until finally they got uh, General Fabian. And the Fabian adopted a very abnormal, abnormal uh, strategy. He never faced up to Hannibal and his army. Okay, every time he just, uh, he just harassed Hannibal, he stayed close, he does not, does not you know, engage. He just uh, hit here and hit there and harassed them and uh, hit on, the, you know, uh, on their small troop who go out to collect food and supply line. So in the very beginning, he was laughed at, he sneered by the Romans, saying that, you know, you are just scared of uh, fighting with him. And uh, even earned a aliens called uh, a name called a delayer, okay, a delayer general. But eventually, after Fabian Fabius won over um, Hannibal, Rome just uh, they admire him, right? Or they finally figure out, oh, this guy's great. So General Fabian Fabius was regarded as the forefather of the of the guerrilla strategy, okay, guerrilla war. So okay, let's let's come back to London. <clears throat> and this Phoebean society, they just want to adopt this Phoebean uh, strategy, okay? They do want to change the society, turn them into communist society, but they found out if they go out and claim so or demand so or force so, they will run into police and they will be defeated right away. They feel that we, we, don't, have to, we don't have to defeat the current uh, system. We use it. We, be, we, we get into it, become part of it, and eventually, we can win over the power. So, as you know, the Phoebean's uh, mark, okay, is, is a turtle. It's a turtle. Turtle means that I have time. I can wait. And underneath the turtle, there's one sentence saying that when I strike, I strike hard. And then another um, symbol of uh, Phoebean society is like a, it's a wolf, right? It's a, uh, whether, you know, we can show that. Yeah, the wolf, as you see, the black is a wolf, and the wraparound is a sheep, okay? So it means that I'm gonna just uh, um, I'm, ju I'm just fake into something else, and then to confuse you and to mislead you until my chance came. So as we know, all know the communism is the you know this uh, Lenin, Stalin, and uh, Mao, uh, Mao Zedong, and uh, Vietnam, and Cuba, and so on and so forth. They are called the violent uh, communism. Okay, um, there are ways to use violence and the killing and so on and so forth. And they started in Russia, and then go to China, and they go to Vietnam, Cuba, North Korea, Cambodia, Cambodia, uh, and so on and so forth. Okay, that's what we know. That's the Communist Party we know. But there are two branches of communism. The first one is what we already know. The second one is this uh, starting with this uh, 
you know, this Phoebean society. It's called a gradual communist communism. So, and to them, they believe that uh, communism or socialism can be implemented through um, through a democratic institution, and in the in a way that completely conforming to the law, and uh, that's what they believe in. Okay, and um, so time goes by, and uh, after Fabian society was established in 1984, <clears throat> and the next place they go to, uh, the next place they they got established, is the Frankfurt University. Okay, they establish a very very important. Uh, um, how to say, institute, it's called Institute of uh, social, social Research in the Frankfurt University. And over there, they got established, found there, finally, they invade. I, I use this word, they invade America, which will be the next time that I'll be talking about. And um, yeah, so, yeah, I, I do want to spend some time and uh, just sort out all those things. So uh, this route, it's just like a Phoebean society. The whole idea is to cover up in the hidden way. So it's not easy to get clear the route that they are taking, but through detailed enough research, we're able to you know, identify that. That's what I will bring to you. Um, okay, and then that's all for today. And Mark Somers, you said, Sound of Hope News, wonderful research. Thank you. Wow, thank you. Thank you, Mark. And uh, Webin Hat, you said, excellent way. You must know where you come from to know where you are going. Yes, thank you. Um, all right, Curtis, you said IRS will kill me. Lots of, yeah, lots of laugh. Yeah. 80,000 80, um, people, actually, not really, 80,000 people with guns. That's a little overstating, but let me tell you what's the exact number, okay? It's the 57% of that $80 billion in 10 years. What does that convert to? Convert to 52,000 enforcement officials. 52,000 people enforcement official. That's a big army still. I, I, I think that, that allocation, okay, that, that entitlement, <clears throat> will just do something good because it will hopefully modernize the IRS uh, system, okay, and they're very, very stale. If you ask any accountant, tax analyst, they know that how much trouble, how, how problematic that is. But, um, but beyond that, do they need to hire another 52,000 enforcement officials? What does that mean to, to you and me and uh, who they'll be checking on? That's, that's a big question. Um, all right, so we'll bring more that, of that to you next time. And um, yeah, Webin said, uh, thank you, Wei, and uh, thank you, Webin. And uh, okay, if you like our, our show, please make sure you have to click the likes before you go and leave your comment. Comment will always you know, help with the, the algorithm, the YouTube algorithm to, um, how to say, uh, push the show to more people. That's their way, and we have to work with that. And um, yeah, okay, thank you very much. Have a good night. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye, take care.